the core cast. Welcome to Shoot the Corecast, the official companion podcast to the RF Generation Shmup Club. This is a family-friendly shmup-themed podcast that increases your rank as you listen, only to drop off sharply when you stop. I'm Addicted, also known as Addicted to Shmups, and with me I have... Metal Fro, also known as Game Boy Guru. And if you would like to connect with the podcast, you can do so in several ways. Follow us on uh, Twitter, X, whatever it's called these days, at ShootCoreCast. Uh, you can also follow me directly at Game Boy Guru. Uh, make sure you join us for a Shmup Club playthrough. Uh, we have a Discord server now that you can uh, join and have active discussions, post your high scores, etc. And you can find the links to that and all the feeds at our Linktree page, uh, linktr.ee slash shootthecorecast. Also, if you would, please like follow, review, rate, whatever the case might be on your podcast platform of choice uh, would help us to spread the word, get the podcast out there more, and hopefully get more eyes and ears on it. And then, of course, uh, I do stream the Shmup Club Game of the Month multiple times throughout every month, and you can check those out by going to twitch.tv slash guru gameboy. Excellent. Before we get started here, I know we usually have a question of the month, but I, I wanted to keep it serious here because we do have to make a public service announcement. I, I would like to talk to everyone about the dangers of pumpkin spice. For those of you who don't know, here in the Northern Hemisphere, as it starts to get colder and <clears throat> turns into fall, we have a lot more people consuming electrosmog. And electrosmog is a key component of pumpkin spice that can lead to debilitating diseases such as fumo collecting, Pac-Man fever, or Damaku disease. So if you or someone who you know is consuming a lot of pumpkin spice, please get professional help. On the other side of the coin, he who controls the pumpkin spice controls the universe. <laughs> more, more, probably more like controls the uh, the gene, the genes and Uggs. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. We were. I, I was planning on a question of the month this month, but um, we kind of had to push recording back a couple of times, and I just didn't get a question out there. Um, plus, we have, based on the notes in the notes in our outline. We have four pages of shmup news to cover. So we'll have plenty to talk about. Yeah, isn't <laughs> one of those pages just uh, a Toho game being due to Toho games being released? Uh, thankfully, no. Um, before we do that, though, uh, I thought we could take a couple of minutes and um, talk about our focus shot uh, for the year, which is Gun Vein. <clears throat> 
and um, I haven't been playing it as much as I'd like because I've been focusing on a bunch of other things and I've been busy in general. You can but, say it. You've got your Breath of the Wild addiction going. Well, I'm done with Tears of the Kingdom now um, for the year. So I've got, I should have more time, but I've got other things going on. Today I, uh, I did a bunch of cleaning and um, so I haven't really had time to play anything today at all. Um, tomorrow, possibly. But I wanted to say I'm I'm getting closer to a clear. I'm nice. at a point now where I can consistently on a good run, I can consistently reach the stage four boss. <clears throat> There's one pattern of the stage four boss that I despise. It's literally the third bullet pattern that that the boss shoots out, which is these pink walls and these purple lines that come with them. Uh, I haven't figured out how to be consistent with that yet, but most of the rest of what it throws at me, I can deal with. So that, getting a little bit better on stage five and then getting better with the stage five boss and the TLB, those are my, my focus points right now. So, and, and this is all with a type C, uh, I'm using type C for as my uh, my ship, and so I'm hoping that within the next few weeks I'll be able to finally bang out a type C clear of Gunvane on Intense. So Very that nice. is that is what I'm aiming at. You're doing better than me. I went from focus shot to frustrating shot after I hadn't played it for a while, and I've been playing the, the game of the month, and then I went, came back and go, this ship is too slow. doesn't have enough <laughs> firepower. What's going on? It, it, when when right. it's this jarring, it, it really messes with me. But, you know, I, I wonder if shmups and me are akin to golf and me, right? You, you keep playing and playing, but never get any better. We'll, well see. Well, my uncle... W- my uncle would say that about golf. Actually, he would say the more he plays golf now that he's retired, the, the worse he gets. <laughs> <laughs> that could be. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been, I was playing with type B and I just can't handle it. I'm going to have to go back to type C, even though type C is a controller record for me. Maybe I need to invest in, in a good stick or arcade stick before I move forward. That That has possibility, yeah. All right. Maybe we maybe we need to start an addicted stick fund. Oh jeez, no! People are gonna go. <laughs> what is this here? What is this here? Is this pornography? This isn't safe. <clears throat> yeah, it remind me of that darn uh, Sega thing. <clears throat> play with play with our hard sticks, or what was? It? <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, that, what the, is the famous European Mega Drive ads. Yes, Mega. Yeah. Oh jeez. Yeah. The what was it? The ad for the for the arcade stick for the yep. for the Mega Drive. The more you play with it, the harder it gets. Yep. Uh, well, uh, we've already passed not safe for work on this episode. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, Family right, friendly well, might be behind. Let's move on to uh, shmup news. And uh, 
I got to start with uh, what could be the biggest news of the month. Um, like that'll be debatable given the volume of news that we have. But this is this was pretty big news to me, and that is Bullet Heaven is back. Um, yes, the the Bullet Heaven uh, shmup series on YouTube is back, and <clears throat> Etrem is is uh, kind of retooling it a little bit. There'll be much less of a focus on giving scores to the games. There's still going to be some of that, but it's more going to be about, is this as good as I expected it to be? Is it better than I expected it to be? Is it worse than I expected it to be? And just sort of giving some overall impressions. And at this point, he's mostly going to be focusing on stuff that he just thinks is kind of neat for one reason or another. Um, and, you and know, so I have to say congratulations to him for doing this. I know it's definitely a hard thing to do and he was toying with the idea because there's so much there there is so much more shmup content than when the time he started right the time he started that he was pretty much the only game in town now we have shmup junkie uh mark msx and there i i'm sure i'm missing a couple people in there as well <laughs> but the it, it's hard to keep going going on when you got other people who are do, are doing something similar but but you're not getting the views on there and it's it, it could definitely be depressing and it, you really have to find your own thing here i remember even within this podcast we were like who are we what's our identity and it took us a long time to figure that out and in some ways it's all it's still changing which definitely keeps things interesting even after five years but I'm glad to see that he has gotten over his wall and is moving forward with this. And it's coming like, this is what I want to do. This is where my passion lies. This is what I want to share with people. So kudos to him on that. And I hope he keeps making them. Absolutely. Um, he does have three episodes out already, which include um, the first episode back is Astro Ninja Man DX for the Famicom. And then he's got two on uh, arcade arcade archives releases, and I think he's going to have a bit more uh, a bit more leniency for the shmup adjacent stuff. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how that develops. Now, if you don't insert one of these Soul Calibur, you know, but the fire still burns type things at the end <laughs> of this, I'm going to be disappointed. Alright, uh, Space Savior Special is coming from developer publisher Lizard Game Dev, and the page is up on Steam to Wishlist. Now, this is another one of those things where I have no idea what this game is, but I'm sure I'll look and go, that looks neat, and then forget about it until it releases, and then try it out. Yeah, um, there, there were so many games that, that were announced during this period that it was difficult to uh, sort of check them all out. I looked at them all, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, um, you know, since putting the news section together, I remember everything. Well, for this news section, you probably need one of those <laughs> pictures up on a poster board that has yarn running through it for all the connections. All right. Uh, um, 
Red Art Games will be handling the European physical release of Castle Shikigami 2 for Nintendo Switch, and then VGP distribution will be likely handling the North American version. I wonder if there's going to be any differences between the two, aside from maybe the cover art. Yeah, there probably won't be a whole lot that's different. Maybe you can, maybe you can get it in French, as if the translation wasn't confusing enough. It's played in French, <laughs> or Italian, or uh, oh boy. Eon Fighter is a top-down 360-degree roguelike shooter from Square Wheel and Gamer Sky Games, out now on Steam. Now, is this similar to what you see from like Enter the Gungeon? Or and sort of like Binding of Isaac, or is this more like Vampire Survivors? Uh, neither. This is more. Um, this is more Geometry Wars, or uh, yeah, it's more Geometry Wars, really. That's not a bad thing. No. Uh, December seventh appears to be the release date for Router G Two from RS Thirty Four. Uh, set for release on Switch, PS4, and PS5. And uh, physical pre-orders are already up for the limited edition at Beep Shop. Wow, Radigy oh. 2 already beat out the original from Dispatch Games. They've been last. Yes, <clears throat> Radigy 2 will <clears throat> likely have its physical ship before we get anything from Dispatch Games. Womp womp. What was that thing? Dun 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 or Yeah. Oh <laughs> yes, uh <laughs> find that sound effect. Alright. Uh Hypermeter is an asteroids like game, except you ram into the asteroids to destroy them from Verta Vertox Pop Games out now on Steam. Alright. This sort of reminds me a little bit of uh, Asteroids Mash with uh, Burnout. Oh, yeah. Uh, Fate and Judgment is a forthcoming vertical shooter with roguelite elements and procedurally generated stages from developers Thomas Diniz and George Oliver, or Olivier, I should say, and publisher Zelen. Uh, you can wishlist this on Steam now. I'm not sure how to classify this. The the graphics have a distinctive look that almost is a combination of a sort of well, milestone or radergy kind of line art thing with 90s indie PC shoot 'em ups. Oh, that's definitely different. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, I I'll have to get my hands on this one to probably form some sort of meaningful opinion. Or you can look forward to a Trims review. Yeah. Uh, Super XYX is being ported to GMS2 or Game Maker Studio 2 and is out now in beta on Steam. Excellent. Uh, I know that they add some new stuff. I haven't had a chance to check it out. Have you? <clears throat> no, unfortunately not. And I don't I don't want to take credit for it, but I do know that us covering it for the podcast and, um, you know, bringing more attention to the game was at least a factor in rekindling some desire to go back to the game and 
and uh, improve upon it. So, so we're on the hook now to look at it. You're right. Well, I'm definitely going to be uh, going to be playing it at some point. I I have the beta already downloaded. I just need to sit down with it. <clears throat> well, it certainly was a good game. So playing it again would not be a problem. Yep. Namco's classic overhead free-roaming shooter Bosconian released on Arcade Archives August 24th. I have a hard time pronouncing this because I keep wanting to call it Bostonian. Huh. Have to dump the tea in the harbor. Everyone get ready. No. <laughs> uh, Macross shooting insight has been delayed until January 2024. Though a new trailer was made available recently. Also, it's been confirmed that the physical version will have content related to Macross Do You Remember Love as well. In addition, due to character licensing issues, Minmay will not appear in the Western release. You know, I don't think you can have a Macross release without licensing issues. The licensing for that series is absolutely insane. I mean, they pulled three anime series together, and then you've got the movie, which was done, I think, by the North American studio itself. It, I mean, it's absolutely crazy. I'm surprised that anything like that would ever get licensed and over it. And, and one of the, the characters ended up becoming Transformer, if I remember correctly, when it was brought westward. So they couldn't bring that toy. It's... It's a mess, so good luck with that. Oh. Yeah, I, I suspect it has something to do with the Harmony Gold licensing um, situation. I am certain that most people, when they think of Macross and they think of licensing, they immediately think of Harmony Gold and then they give a, uh, a certain hand gesture. <laughs> A Hawaiian peace sign? Oh, sure. Sure, sure. But no, I mean, Harmony Gold is one of the... Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I think most people put Harmony Gold up there with the guy who was suing game companies that uh, had the word scrolls in it because he had a copyright on it. Oh, my. Yeah, that's lame. <laughs> NES-style shooter, Gone Blade, is out on Steam <laughs> now. I think that... This is one that's come. If I remember correctly, this is something that's pretty high up on my radar. I have to go look there. I have so many games to play right now, and I'm just getting overwhelmed with the amount of games. Last year was a little bit easier paced. This year, it's like, oh no, no, no! We're going to give you Baldur's Gate. We're going to give you Starfield. We're going to give you Armor Core Six. We're going to give you all these indie shops, and then oh yeah, well you're at it. Why don't you have some more? Super Mario Wonder and Super Mario RPG. And why don't you sprinkle in some Tears of the Kingdom in there? Right. And so, like, okay, what I want for Christmas, Santa, is more time to play these games. All right, there you go. Well, I um, I haven't spent m much time with this one <clears throat> other than the demo. I haven't played the full release yet, but I really liked the demo. So I, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, putting more time into this. Uh, Star of Providence, the game formerly known as Monolith, is getting a Nintendo Switch release. Uh, there's no release date yet, but it will have new content. 
Always good to have another shmup. Yep. Red. Well, I shouldn't say that because this next one, I'm. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe Timmy will be excited. Red Art Games has released a physical version of Jetson Guns 2 for PS4 and PS5. Uh, let's just say Jetson Guns is not high on my list. Maybe Jetson Guns now, 2 is different. Now, Jetson Guns 2, I've been told, is a vast improvement over the original. That the original is pure Euro shmup, whereas the sequel makes a lot of improvements. So... I would like to check it out at some point. Came out of its awkward face. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, Missile Dancer 2 from Terrarin Games is coming soon on Steam. And this one takes a different approach from the original. It's more of a Galaxy Force style. Sounds good. Killon from Luis Games is out on Steam now. And looks like a Damaku take on Xanik. Oh boy. You had drugs and Damaku. Uh, <laughs> what a combination. Now, Xanik is quite a lot of fun to play, and I bet you we could get Duke Togo to play this. I don't know. This game looks nuts. I'm all for nuts. I mean, how many games have we played recently that where people go, well, it doesn't quite classify as Damaku, but it's not quite your traditional shmup either. Yeah, there, I, th I feel like there's a lot more bleed between those categories in the genre in recent years because we've had so many, so many games coming out. There's been, uh, there's definitely been, um, <clears throat> I, people have taken more creative license. Yeah, and, and uh, I think it, what they call they call them manic shooters, if I remember correctly. And I think right. think that the one of the hallmarks that I'm seeing with a lot of these, in fact, I see with our game we'll talk about shortly, is for the most part, being on top of an enemy sprite won't kill you, which is a, it takes a while to get used to. I'm used to getting collision <laughs> from almost anything. Right. Ryo from Ontake or Workshop is coming soon on Steam, and it looks heavily inspired by Raiden and Kyukyoku Tiger. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I, by the name, I wonder if it's also possibly inspired by Dio, but um, I'm not seeing the direct inspiration in there. The second set of Toplan PC ports from Bitwave are out now with Flying Shark, Fire Shark, Slap Fight, and Hellfire included. Yeah, I meant to check these out. I've got the GOG releases. I just, <laughs> again, need more time. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Taito Egret 2 Mini Arcade Cabinet is getting a new SD card expansion that will include Night Striker. Return of the Invaders, Chukataisen, um, Kyukyoku Tiger 2, Tokushu Butai UAG, also known as Unattached Grenadier, Wyvern F-Zero, and Operation Wolf, among other games. See, I knew there's a reason why DJ Psycho M1 sold his Night Striker cap. This must be it. 
Huh. No, but I, I suspect he will be uh, very pleased when, uh, well, we'll get there. Here's, here's the thing I wonder with this, though. Operation Wolf. Operation Wolf, and they had those huge guns, and those guns were heavy. I, let's face it, you threw that at somebody, you were that was intent to kill with a deadly weapon. But <laughs> uh, underneath that, those were trackballs. So I don't know exactly how well you're going to play play Operation Wolf. I mean, is it is it a, a, a gateway or is it a four gateway? How's it? They made it work on the NES, so I guess in some ways it can be done. But I'm just curious. Right. Yeah. That I would imagine that's probably what they'll do is just have something similar to where you can just move the targeting reticle with the with the stick. Or maybe you just buy, end up buying the uh, trackball controller, USB trackball controller. Possibly. Speaking of which, did you know that they actually made one in Japan? There is a trackball controller that works with Operation Wolf on the NES. Or Famicom. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was looking to go, that would be fun to do. Dumb stuff to do. Let's make it happen. <laughs> huh. Now, from developer and publisher Lone Ranger X comes Arrow, a row of free endless runner shooter where you run down a path and shoot enemies and obstacles with a bow and arrow. Whoa, is it? That's sort of a weird take on a caravan shooter. Yeah, this looks very much like it was a mobile game that's been ported to PC. If it doesn't play the Lone Ranger theme song, though, I'll be disappointed. <laughs> play, what was, the, was that, the William Tell Overture? Yep. Oh, that's already been used in a shmup, so... Who knows? Uh, the MSX version of Xanak is getting a limited physical uh, version reprint from South Korean company Vicom. And I saw something about this, and I don't remember if it was on social media or if it was on Discord, but someone was saying this was going to be a limited print of maybe 500 copies, but I, I can't confirm that. Yeah, I would I would imagine that about 500 people is about right. Is if you think about the number of people that actually have an MSX that can play Xanic, that's got to be about right. I mean, I'm thinking about this way. In, in 2023, how many people do you know have an MSX? Now maybe it's larger in South Korea, but if you're looking to recoup your investment, going for or even make some money on it, going for a smaller print run makes sense. Yeah, I, mean, I suspect uh, this is this is more just a a project for fun kind of a thing. Yeah, and so I mean, look what happened with Atari when they did the then they there's more ET car originally there were more ET cartridges than were 2600s. Right. And so you don't you don't want to end up with that situation, right? No one wants to sit on the throne of Xanic. <laughs> Yeah. Whisker Squadron Survivor is a Star Fox-like shooter that's out now on Steam. Now, I swear I've seen this before, uh, maybe, but uh, this is again where I saw something pop up and I wasn't quite sure if this was, was it, it or 
it's all blending together for me. How long ago did this come out? Uh, August 21st. Oh, well then maybe not. Okay. And this definitely has a sort of Tron um, retro wave kind of uh, visual style to it with other stuff mixed in. So, could be interesting. Well, we alluded to this before, but supposedly, Dispatch Games, um, according to their announcement mid-August, they're going to be processing, I'll say in quotes, orders for shipping, and that they would be sending standard editions soon. Yeah, you know, I think I've marked mine to come via Carrier Pigeon. So maybe I'll see it before 2024. Yeah, well, show us the receipts, Dispatch. <laughs> Until it's in my hands, I'm uh, I'm not convinced this is ever happening. You just get a case, nothing else. I'd be happy getting something. <laughs> At this point, I have nothing. <laughs> Taito has retained M2 once again for another Earth console conversion, this time for Night Striker. Alright, this must be the absolute reason why he sold the cabinet. Because now we can play every single version all at once. I don't think it is. I think it's just literally space in his house. He didn't. DJ Psycho M1 did not have space to hold on to the Night Striker cabinet. Particularly when, when he retooled his home arcade, he moved... Um, his Neo Geo Goldie cabinet into his office, and there just wasn't space in the office for both the Goldie and the Night Striker. And I can attest to that because his home office is not very big, so I could see um, well, that being a concern. Well, if I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the arcade an extension of the house, addition of the house, anyways? <laughs> it is. So then you need another addition, or you need to add them to the garage, right? There you go. Make a sunroom. Right. No, well, like I, I'm just kidding. I yeah, I, I fully understand. If you've got a cabinet for like one game where you could do a multi on there, of course it's a no-brainer. You're going to be going for get rid of that, even if Night Striker is one heck of a game. So it's good to see that we've got more of a, a release forthcoming, and um, hopefully everything's going well with his uh, retooling and rerunning of cables with his new arcade. I really like the look. Yeah. Uh, Wavecade from Spilato Bros is out on Steam now. Uh, the art style looks inspired by Vector Games and Geometry Wars. And the game allows you to control the vertical scrolling speed to an extent based on how you play. This one looks promising. Hmm. All right. I'll have to take a look at it. It reminds me of, what was it? Was it Space Wars for the Vectrix? What's that game? that The packing game. Oh, well, the packing game was um, Mindstorm, I think. Was it Mindstorm, the, the one that was Asteroids ripoff, or am I thinking wrong? Well, Mindstorm was the sort of Asteroids-style okay. game, yes. Uh, classic run-and-gun Alien Hominid is slated for an HD remake. A re-release in 2023. Steam pages up now to wishlist. Now, I like Behemoth games. I do like Alien Hominid. I bought it on the GameCube and PS2. And I bought Castle Crashers, but 
I think that's the only games that they've done, right? I can't think of the, the, anything else that they... I'm just saying, after this, where do they go next? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I guess they do have a few other things, but Castle Crashers and Alien Hominid are certainly the um, the big ones. Yeah, I mean, Alien Hominid is good, and it's what put them on the map, but, excuse me, Castle Crashers is what really made people pay attention to them. And that's already yeah. got HD remaster, so... I, I, don't get me wrong, I'm definitely happy that more people are getting it to play it. But I think we we should get, hopefully get something new from them. I would be happy for that. Right. Spectrum Forces from Punk Cake Delicio is out now on Steam and has been out on itch.io for some time. Uh, you control a squadron of three ships, and depending on the formation, it changes your attack capabilities. So is this the Ikuruga challenge brought into a different STG? No, this is um uh this one this one looks interesting. The graphical style I'm assuming you've seen some some games made with the sort of Pico 8 environment. They okay. have a very chunky pixelated pixel look to them. This has that kind of visual aesthetic to it, but widescreen. But it looks it looks kind of cool. Hmm. All right, I'll have to check it out. Strikers1945 is getting an updated mobile port with new graphics and features called Strikers1945 RE. <laughs> now, oh, it's so I read the service Strikers1945 again. Is the RE stand for anything? To be honest, I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> I will tell you this. Next time they release Strikers 1945-2, make a special edition that comes with a flying pancake mouse pet. You have a guaranteed sale <laughs> there. There you go. Oh, looks like it's already out. Oh, neat. I think the RE might just be Remake. Because if you look at the screenshots on, I'm looking at it on Android right now, and the one says rewrite, the history of Strikers 1945 will be rewritten, reborn. Strikers 1945 is reborn. There we go. Restrengthen. Restrengthen, reborn edition. With unique skills. Yeah. So I, it looks like they're, like they're taking the game and and. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be retooled for mobile. Um, so instead of just a straight conversion, it's gonna be more of a reimagining of the game, I guess. How many RE words can we fit in there? Yeah, exactly. Strikers nineteen forty five, Resident Evil. Alright, Shmuptember event happening September twenty second through twenty fourth. Is this Shmuptember to remember? Yeah, and it's, unfortunately, it's going on now as we record, um, and I haven't been, been able to watch runs today because of of uh, cleaning and other stuff that I've had to do today, but I'm hoping I'll 
have an opportunity to watch some uh, tomorrow. Red Art Games is doing a PS5 physical for Galactic Wars EX, which already received a physical PS4 release from them. And I bought that. At least the PS4 version. And you'll buy it again. No, I probably won't get the PS5 version. But it is also out on Steam. Red Raptor from Novex Games and East Asia Soft is slated for a Steam release on October 11th, 2023. It's a vertical scrolling Damaku style shooter. Release is also planned on all modern consoles and pages are up on Switch eShop already. Yeah, this looks promising. Um, very Danmaku in spots. So, could be interesting. Mimumu-chan's uh, Okimochi Trip is a free doujin STG from developer MyMy and is available to download on the Freem service. What I have... Freem or F-R-E-E-M dot co dot jp or something hmm. like that okay i haven't heard of the service but it sounds like a fun game to try out yeah there's a ton of doujin content on there that i guess is free to download all right looking forward to this one assault shell 2 should be getting demo release soon though the release of the full game is still a ways off yeah i've been watching the development of this on social media and it just looks better and better so as as much as I as I liked Assault Shell, this definitely looks like a, a step up. Uh, Title Milestones 3 has been announced, set for a 2024 release, though no games have been listed. Uh, but it is likely to be based on recent Arcade Archives titles like the previous two volumes. I have to say that Title Milestones 1, if anyone doesn't have it, Check it on Amazon for the Switch. It's been as low as $10.30. That's a steal. Right. Cosmo Jellica is a pixel art vertical scroller with the 8-bit soundtrack available on itch.io. It has early access and Steam page up as well. Now, I haven't heard of this one. Do you have any impressions? Yeah, this one looks charming. Just watching the, the short trailer on Steam... Uh, it's got a nice pixel art style and uh, fun art direction. Very colorful. And, um, yeah, it, it looks neat. Uh, Space Wing War is getting a sequel, and a demo is out now as of Sage 23. But I'm trying to remember what Sage is. Yeah, I can't remember the what the acronym is is supposed to stand for. I can't think of Stone Age Gamer Expo, but that's not it. Right. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, Mega Alien Destroyer from Julian Martinez Games is out on itch. Uh, Harpoon Shooter Nozomi is planned for a 2023 release, and the Steam page is up now from developer and publisher Wandering Wonder Studio. Uh, we mentioned this a while back. Um, and I can't, I don't, I don't think I knew what the, what the uh, English title was going to be because it, I don't believe it had been confirmed for an English release 
or a Western release at that point. But this one looks cool. Um, I sort of get, um, what's the name of the, oh, what's the name of the <clears throat> PlayStation shoot 'em up? Um, very cartoony, um, whimsical, expensive. Oh, you're talking about um, Harmful Park, that one? Harmful Park, yeah. I sort of get Harmful Park vibes from it in terms of, you know, it's not exactly like that, but that sort of thing visually. But then it's got this mechanic where you fire your harpoon into an enemy, and then once when your harpoon is attached and you're shooting that enemy, then you're sort of earning gems or whatever. Um, but yeah, this looks, this looks promising. Sounds good to me. Anything that's uh, harmful park-like. Retro Game Challenge 1 and 2 has been announced for Nintendo Switch, which brings both volumes of the Nintendo DS minigame collections based upon the legendary G- Game Center GX video series. I am looking forward to this. I am a big Arno fan and... Looking to f- forward to playing all of these uh, fake retro games. These are yeah, expensive on the only, DS. We only got the first volume here in the West on the DS. Uh, what is it? Retro Game Challenge or something like that? Yep. Um, so I'm hoping this will get a Western release so that we can finally see both of them. Uh, VGN Ysoft is doing an Elite Edition of the Nintendo Switch game Overdriven Evolution, which will fe- feature alternate cover art and an included art book. Nice. Uh, I have to say, VGN Ysoft is a place that isn't as well known as it should be. Most people know of Pixel Heart, but no, most people don't know of their North American distributor. Oh, right, yes. Bullet Hell Monday finale is out on Steam now and is free to play. All right. That's how every Monday feels to me lately. <laughs> you know, it's just another Damaku Monday. Oh, my. I wish it Hey, you know Sunday. I got to do that one at some point. Yep. Uh, let's see. Zing Zing Zip from Alumer is out on Arcade Archives as of September 7th. The Xbox 360 digital release of Trigger Heart Excelia is now delisted on the Xbox Marketplace as of August 31st, likely because Cosmo Machia has the license. They're exploring a Windows 10, Windows 11 release. However, the Switch version is slated for December 14th launch on the Switch. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the th- things that I was uh, paying attention to because the xbox 360 marketplace going down and how much people will panic versus what people you know how much prices will rise what to what's going to be the current state of that market as things move forward i would imagine that most of the stuff that that is worthwhile and there will be brought forward we already had the the uh, let's see we have espaluda 2 they came out on there We've got the HD version of, um, I keep wanting to say Futari, that's not it. Um, oh, Mushi? Yeah. 
<laughs> I would imagine that most of the stuff that people want on there is going to be brought forward. We have we already have Mushi on there. We've got Espelu two, and we have uh, DFK. And I think that we're at some point going to, or at least I'm hoping that at some point that we're going to get uh, Pink Sweets and Mushi Mushi Pork. You would have to think that there's at some point they're going to do Fatari as well. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, I mean anything worth its salt from the area is mostly being brought forward. The only stuff that I can see becoming a problem would be titles that are just sort of Microsoft aided and like Blue Dragon or uh, Lost Odyssey. Those type of stuff right. will probably be brought forward, but would just stay like physical to the 360 only, and then would they would be brought forward into the. Uh, the overall Microsoft ecosystem. I mean, Radiant Silvergun was digital only, and that, that was brought out for... That was brought out as physical. And then we have uh, Under Defeat HD. That was PS3 physical, but that was digital on the 360. Except for the Japanese market, right? It was Western was only digital. I expect that would probably show up at some point. <laughs> that would be great. I, I, I guess the crux of the matter is, if they think it will sell and the porting costs are low enough, they're going to port almost anything. And in sure. a day and age when Shaq Fu can get a sequel, I think almost anything can. <laughs> sure. Alua's Arcades from Raven Travel Studios is out now on Steam and is a collection of four retro-styled arcade titles, which includes Crescent Moon, a horizontal shooter. This looks, uh, like fun. Nice. October 3rd is the planned release date for ERA, a roguelike bullet hell action game published by Nicalis. Oh boy, Nicalis. You have me until Nicalis. <laughs> I mean, I know that they brought stuff that's out there, but their their reputation precedes them. Yeah. The War Enders First Strike from Crystal Hearts Studio is set for release on Steam September 28th and is a vertical shmup. East Asia Soft has announced a physical release that compiles both Cosmo Dreamer and Like Dreamer on the same Nintendo Switch cartridge, and they're calling it the Cosmo Dreamer and Like Dreamer Double D Collection. Pre-orders are available now, although no release date has been announced. And I have to say, be careful when you order it. You don't want your wife going, why did you order a Double D collection? What is this? <laughs> All right. Well, and some of the f- folks who buy uh, the, um, I'll say, sketchier games from East Asia Soft uh, via Play Asia might be disappointed when they get the game and it's not as um, skeevy as the other stuff. That's what we need right there. We need the Game Boy Guru skeevy scale. Huh. Uh, Rainbow Cotton is getting a remaster slated for all modern platforms. Physical editions will be handed by stri- handled by Strictly Limited and Einan Games. And uh, it's planned for a spring 2024 release. 
pre-orders for the physical are already open at Strictly Limited. Is this the last game, the last cotton game that they can do? Well, I guess they could do Game Boy Color, but... <clears throat> yeah, I mean... Aside from Cotton 2 and Cotton Boomerang getting proper arcade ports and not just the Cotton Saturn Tribute, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that there's anything else that hasn't been explored yet. I, I just can't wait till they they'll make like sort of like the way that Disney is doing right now with that fifteen hundred dollar uh, movie collection. You just get all. All the cotton games all in one, and you get a gigantic tea set. Huh. We'll call it the Tea Time Explosion. <clears throat> there you go. Tatsujin Company has released a trailer for Tux Truxton Extreme, a new entry in the series being developed that looks like a 16 by 9 or vertizontal game, but remain much of the design ideas from earlier games, and will introduce a new homing weapon. Well... Here we go. We're back again from the intergalactic space station. Yeah, I think when the very first video came out, um, some folks were skeptical about how this was going to turn out, how it was going to look. But honestly, I'm going to reserve judgment until I see more footage because it's all early at this point. Uh, Devil Engine Complete Edition release has been postponed to November 9th. Considering the path it's run, that is a very, very small postponement. <laughs> the right. fact that this game will see a release at all is amazing. Yep. The soundtrack for the forthcoming Game Gear title, Gunstream, is set for a November 22nd release from Amazon Japan to include 12 original background music tracks and 8 arranged tracks from band Pico Pico Hammer. I like the name. Yeah. Uh, Zaladia Rise of the Space Pirates X2 is coming soon on Steam from Acquire Corp. It combines elements of classic games like Missile Command and Atlantis as a sort of protect-your-base style shooter. Oh, I get it. Protect your base before they all belong to us. Something like that, yeah. Makes sense. Or is it more similar to... Uh, oh, you said Missile Command. Never mind. <clears throat> Assault Suit Lanos 2 Saturn Tribute is coming to PC, Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. Slave for 2024 release. No, I, 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 I get why they're doing the Saturn Tributes and why they... And Bats Again was sort of thrown in there too, but I don't know. Throwing a, an emulator over top of Saturn ISO and calling a day is just not my cup of tea. Right. Tatsujin Company has announced amusement arcade toll plan for mobile devices, which will allow you to create your own toll plan themed arcade and play several toll plan games. This was probably strikes me a lot of the, what was it, Pac Man. Uh, Pac-Man History Plus or whatever that was released was last year. Oh, you sure. built your own arcade and you had to play like... They made you... They forced you to play Pac-Land before you could get to the good stuff. 
<laughs> That's funny. Uh, Osiabari Horijo Gekihori is getting a Western release on Nintendo Switch September 21st on the eShop. Uh, no word on a physical yet, but First Press Games is publishing, so it's a strong possibility. Which means we might see it in 2025. 2025, the year of the Switch, too? Who knows? More like the next year, though. Right. Final Xerion, a sequel to the classic arcade title, is coming from developer Happy Meal and publisher City Connection. The Steam page is up now, through a release date has not been set. Looks good to me. Yeah. Yeah, this could be interesting. Livewire is releasing their own Vampire Survivors clone called Ninth Sentinel Sisters. So this appears to be air-based rather than ground-based, and has spaceships and aliens and robots and such, instead of vampires and humanoids. The forthcoming Cave Mobile Toho game finally has a name. Toho Ginso Eclipse. Planned release date is November 22nd. This will be interesting to see how Jamers takes this news. <laughs> well, do you remember seeing that video here, that reaction video here? Why, Cave? Why? Right. Yeah. Uh, US based streamer Aquas uh, set a new world record for Pink Sweets two days in a row. And is now at 22,723,760 points. So GG. good on Aquas for um, for continuing to hammer away at this game and and uh, repping the Western shmup community with more world records. And with this, I think we have now finally confirmed that Aquas is a masochist. <laughs> uh, I'll just say very talented. Indeed, but uh, I don't know anyone who says, I'm going to play Pink Sweets, or you borrow it for fun. <laughs> All right. That's like someone says, come on, everybody, let's join me for a quick game of Grady's 3 Arcade. Ooh. That, you know, those two games up there are probably right up there with the, uh, on a threshold with the pain of stepping on a Lego. Huh. Squad 51 versus Flying Saucers is out now on all major platforms. This one, if I remember correctly, is one of the things that we all keep going, yeah, this looks pretty cool, we need to get into this, but I don't think either of us have played this. Yeah, I bought it on Steam back around Christmas last year and put some time into it, played through the story mode and enjoyed it. Um, and I know it released on Switch a while ago, uh, but I think more recently it's finally made its way to Xbox. <clears throat> and um, I don't remember when it was released on PS4. That might have been also very recent. Okay, so um, yeah, you've definitely got more experience than I do. What are your thoughts? <clears throat> this is a neat game. I definitely want to cover this on the podcast at some point because it's such a refreshing take on the genre um, in, in a number of ways. I, I like the fact that it has all of this B-movie 
kind of story element to it. Uh, you know, we, we kind of make fun, we poke fun of the, the story in Shmups all the time on this podcast, um, and rightfully so. Uh, but there are people in the Shmup community who are heavily into the lore. And so I like the fact that you have this game that really includes a lot of lore and story and and leans very heavily into it, uh, unashamedly. Um, the release of Signy, All Guns Blazing, has been pushed back to 2024, though no firm date is set. Irem Collection Volume 1 is confirmed for a November 21st digital release. Now, I'm trying to think what was in there, but I, I remember Image Fight was one of them. Yeah, uh, Image Fight and I think X Multiply. If I remember correctly. Okay. Athena Games can now be part of Arcade Archives, a Strike Hunter STG released September 21st. This may open the door for Diode to come in the service as well. Yeah. Uh, Cotton Rock and Roll is getting a direct sequel, tentatively titled Cotton Rock and Roll 2. And based on the key art and the teaser video that has been shown so far, it looks like it's going to have a very Japanese-centric theme with Cotton dressed up in a full kimono setup and uh, her hair done up in a kind of old traditional Japanese style. I imagine when this gets localized, it will it will be Cotton Fantasy 2 or whatever. Sure. If that was localized as Cotton Fantasy instead of Cotton Rock and Roll. And cotton Rock and Roll. Cotton Rock and Rock C80s. Cotton <laughs> Cotton, cotton Aerosmith, cotton, ah. cotton Beatles. No, I, I just, yeah, Cotton Rock and Roll is a great game. So I, I, I'm just messing around. But the when it goes full Eastern like this, I wonder how much of this stuff will be changed. I don't think we're going to be coming up with a Goemon solution or Legend of the Mystical Ninja. But I wonder how far that they would change stuff these days. <laughs> It's the changes are weird too because if remember when we had uh, Pocky and Rocky come through, people were really obsessed with Deflate Gate, right? They reduced the size of her chest and that put people up in arms. Oh yes. So I, I wonder what weird stuff is going to happen with this. I don't know, but I just think it's cool that they're going to continue to develop this character. All I could think of when they're thinking of this is, is you get a DLC costume where he's dressed up like one of the characters from Among Us. Get the, get the huh. DLC sus costume. Oh my. From the recent M2 SDG presentation, it appears that the forthcoming port of DDP DOJ contained four range modes. This includes back black label and then three modes based upon the three main characters. Range S for Shotia, Range L for Linyan. Is it Linyan? Uh, Linyan? Linyan, okay. Range L for Linyan and then Range EX for EXY. 
It will include some of the practice mode. Oh, well, sorry. It will also include some kind of practice mode. When, sorry, I was just going to say, when this drops, this is going to be like, everybody, you thought it was funny watching everyone play Starfield. Just watch this thing. Everyone's going to be stuck. Uh, businesses are going to close. IT, you know, IT help desk will be out because everyone will be playing DDP DOJ. I don't know about that, but certainly the shmup community is uh, thrilled that this is happening. Instead, uh, of, instead of Mortal, sorry, instead of Mortal Monday, what, DD, DDP, uh, what do you think, DDP Tuesday? Oh, something like that. I don't remember what the release date is off the top of my head. Uh, M2's booth at TGS had playable versions of OutZone and Tetsujin O available. So this could indicate some of what they're working on for upcoming Toplan Arcade Garage releases. These were already released by... weren't they? I was pretty well, sure OutZone and Tetsujin were already released. OutZone has, is on the Bitwave collection. That's right, the Bitwave stuff. Okay. And both OutZone and Tetsujin O are playable on the Mister now. But these have not been officially released through M2's line yet. Uh, I gotcha. So they don't have the, the counters and the replays and all the good stuff from there. Right. M2 goodies. Yep. Zalen Force is an upcoming NES-style shooter from Pixel Co. Limited, and is a set for a November 23 or so November 23rd release on PC. It's in celebration of the 40th anniversary of the Famicom's release. No word if a Steam version is planned or this will be distributed digitally elsewhere. Also, reading the words "40th anniversary of the Famicom's release" makes me feel extremely old. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> But uh, this looks fantastic. I watched the the trailer on YouTube, and I dropped this in the Discord in the news uh, channel. And holy cow, I want to play this. Because this looks like um, Crisis Force from Konami. I mean, it gave, it gave me that vibe for sure. Consinity by developer Squarey is available on itch.io as of August 17th and is a tribute to the Danmaku Unlimited games, and it is free to download. Very nice. Demonizer. Oh, that's a name we haven't heard in a while. I'm glad they're still working on it. Demonizer 2.0 Stage 1 will enter early access for Steam's Trump Fest starting September 25th. That's two days from now. <laughs> Based on the short footage Yori released, looks like this will be a retooling of the game's flow. Yeah, Demonizer had pretty good flow, but there was a, a couple small issues with the game where if, if you did get hit, it, it sort of had that Gradius in the right. If you get a hit, then you were had to be stationed right below the enemy, which made it very susceptible for you being killed again and just repeat the process over and over again with your pea shooter. <laughs> so... so and the, the ability to focus your shots around without having to be directly below 
an enemy is, is certainly something that hopefully uh, he's fixed and I'm looking forward to playing it yeah Death in Abyss is a forthcoming game on Steam with a page already up uh, it looks like a combination of Star Fox, Panzer Dragoon and Omega Boost um, among other things and you know into the screen kind of shoot 'em ups and it, it looks like there is some free range of motion or movement. Uh, no release date is set. Someone in one of the other shmup discords also thought that it looked like maybe there was some inf inspiration from Devil Daggers, which is kind of a recent um, retro-styled PC FPS. But this looks cool. Sounds good. The Visco Collection will be releasing on Steam, though no date is known at this time. This will include several Visco published Neo Geo titles, such as Andradunos and Captain Tomaday. Now, I don't think that Andradunos 2 will be in this collection. No. Nope. Uh, Yuzo Koshiro's forthcoming Mega Drive shooter, Earthion, is being worked on for modern platforms as well. Uh, so not just the Mega Drive, as has kind of been what we've known so far. And apparently, Limited Run Games appears to be involved, so a physical release of some kind is likely. Really hoping that there is a physical Genesis slash Mega Drive release, and that, um, and that, you know, it's also available in some capacity on, say, Switch or and or PS4. Yeah, I I would imagine that we would see this published digitally, and that would make sense. Because there's what's that? Uh, Demons of Astroborg has been on that as well, and that that is definitely a, a Genesis wrapped. And Tangle Deep has been as well. That's been a, a Genesis ROM that's wrapped that has run pretty well. So yep. this this would make sense, and especially if we if it runs on the original hardware as well, I'm sure we'll see this with limited run. Yeah. Although I would, th I have to say, with limited run, when it comes to physical cartridges and stuff, when it comes to stuff like PS5 and even on Switch, there it, it happens pretty fast. But when it comes to stuff like Nintendo cartridges or Genesis cartridges, you're going to be waiting a while. Right. Now, the the product has always been quality for sure. But it, it, the, the time delay is definitely larger than what you would get out of your normal Switch or uh, Blu-ray. So right. ho ho yeah, hopefully and I think, it's timely. Uh, I think a lot of that is just because um, since this is very cottage industry kind of thing for printing small batches of physical cartridges, you know, you gotta, you gotta either contract with somebody to do injection molding or... 3D printing of your shells, plus then label printing for those, um, getting custom boxes or clamshells done. Oh, I'm manuals. sure a lot of work. Yeah, not to mention the the PCBs to sit inside the cartridges. So there are a lot of elements um, going on there. So I, I generally have more patience for these kinds of releases because I know that 
there's so much involved in bringing them to fruition. And that is all the news. So, before we move on to the game of the month, I'd like to shout out our participants. They are Very Egg, and correct me if I'm mispronouncing these, please. <laughs> Very Egg, Bandaloo, Pony Trigon, and Corkman77. Yeah. So, the game that we played through the month of, I almost said September, through the month of August was Kaikon. And Kaikon was originally released as a Dojin STG in 2013 for the low cost of free. Developed by Zakichi, who releases games under the name Kageki Yampo. Close enough? Close enough. Yeah, close enough. Thank you, Mark MSX. The game was created with the shooting game builder application. Other notable Zakichi games include Blainix. Tiny Zevius, Zekestra, Vestenix, and the originally released Wexi Mixum. They're all available on Zakichi's itch.io page. I got the feeling between this guy and uh, Super XYX, people are just trying to make us say tongue twisters. <laughs> <laughs> the most recent free release of the game on itch.io is version 2.4. And the earlier version 2.0 is also still available to download. Zakichi recently went back and retooled the game for a Steam release, starting from the 1.0 base and tweaking some things as well as making changes in a few spots to level layouts. The Steam version released on September 14, 2023, with a new soundtrack included. Yeah. Uh, now, really quickly here, before we get going on here, I know that this game has no story. But I like to think it goes a little something like this. Everybody was gathered around for the pre- for the peace accords. Everyone across the universe was enjoying their Tex Maxium. And we, as we all know, Tex Maxium is the spice of life. <clears throat> when suddenly somebody asked to pass the salsa. <clears throat> when they took a look at the salsa and saw it was made in New York City, war broke out across the empire. And the flames of the resistance saying we will not have our salsa made in New York City are battling to destroy those who would even think of having their salsa made in New York City. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's uh, that's a story that could happen. Yes. Begun the tex Mexian Wars has. <laughs> oh, Yes. Uh, I swear, right. at some point, we're going to end up with our own shoot the core cast game, and it's going to be all about the Tex Mexium Wars. I'm down for that. Get, you, get your power ups. <laughs> get your bombas. All right, so let's dive into gameplay. Um, the in terms of control, the game is relatively simple. It's a three-button game. You have one button to fire, which shoots uh, both your primary weapon and your secondary weapon once you have acquired it. You have one button to bomb, and uh, that happens once you have one in stock. And then you have uh, one button for a focus, which displays your ship's hitbox. It sort of flashes multiple colors. It slows your movement, and 
It targets your ship's fire in a different manner than is standard, usually in front of you, but we'll uh, <clears throat> kind of get to that as we go along. There are six different ship types in the game. Now in the free version, the first four are unlocked by default, and then the last two you have to unlock. But uh, Zakichi made those all available in the Steam version right from the right from the jump. All ships start with a basic forward fire, kind of a dual shot, and then uh, you get your secondary weapon once you destroy an enemy power-up carrier and pick up that first power-up. You know, when you were talking about fire, I don't know why this jumped in my head, but. I would love to see a NES, a, a new NES shmup that used the laser scope, where you just have to constantly yell "fire" in order for it to shoot. And maybe if you do, <laughs> if you just start going "fire" like that, is that's how you do a focus shot? You just have to go full Beavis. <clears throat> fire! 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 Oh, jeez, Beavis and Butthead do NES shmups. Yeah, mm, mm, cool. Oh, soundtrack bug war. <laughs> that would be funny. Uh, and uh, oh, and your ship can be powered up to a maximum of four. So the Type A ship, also known as Napalm, is a green ship that can be upgraded to fire napalm shots, which have a large area of effect. And then when you go into focus, that will target your napalm shots out in front of your ship. The type B ship, also known as wide, is a blue ship, which can be upgraded to fire these large blue flame waves, I guess I'll call them. And then as you upgrade, your, your fire spreads out further, covering a large area of the screen. Um, and I want to say you probably get something along the lines of a 70... No, more like, um, let's say, a hundred degree spread from the from the ship's position. Uh, and then when you focus, that tightens those all up and brings them all forward so that you have multiple streams of these blue flame things all uh, firing forward. Uh, the Type C ship, also known as homing, is a yellow ship that can be upgraded to fire large yellow homing shots. And then when you're in focus, you get a targeting reticle that appears in front of your ship that will direct the homing shots. And if memory serves, you can use the targeting reticle to lock onto a target. And then when you move, it'll continue to home in on that target. Um, and I should say that the, the type A ship is, is one of the faster ships in the game. Um, the Type B is a, I'll say a medium speed ship. Type C is a bit slower. Type D, which is slower still, uh, is the uh, is a red ship, also known as Fire. And this ship uh, can be upgraded to produce large swinging columns of flame out from the ship on both sides. And I, you start with a dual, a dual flame column on each side, and then you can upgrade that to three and then to four uh, and so you get this wide swath of of fire that comes out from the ship 
Uh, when you go into focus, then those only swing out 90 degrees instead of 180 degrees. And so you get more forward focus on your, your flame shots. Uh, the Type E ship, known as Blast, is a dark gray ship that you can unlock in the free version by beating the Stage uh, 5 boss. Um, and it doesn't matter if you credit feed to that point or not. Uh, it shoots these two columns of smoke in front of the ship. And um, the smoke lingers on the screen after you let go of the fire button and will continue to damage enemies until it dissipates. And then when you're focused, the smoke doesn't travel as far, uh, but it has a higher damage output. And it also keeps the smoke from drifting as you move your ship. And uh, it, that, it's hard to explain, but it essentially keeps the, the smoke columns directly in front of you at all times. And then the Type F, uh, or the, and uh, the Type E is the fastest ship. And then Type F, which is the slowest ship, um, is a white ship. And this one is, uh, of course, available in the Steam version right away, but unlockable in the free version by um, by beating the true last boss. And uh, it's a white ship that once you upgrade it to get the secondary weapon, it releases several of these destructive balls that sort of surround your ship and wiggle around and will damage enemies and even cancel some bullets. Yeah, the, the, the Type F is really good for destroying stuff in survival, but within scoring, it's really hard to do. Yes and no. Um, the um, when, when you're in focus, the balls freeze into place. Now, something that I saw on the Shmups Wiki that I did not notice while we were playing the game is apparently if the balls take too much damage, they will disappear and then you'll lose a power level. Um, and so that's an interesting mechanic. One thing I did notice while we were playing is that if you hold down the fire button too long, the ship just stops shooting out these these balls and the sort of spread fire that comes out from them. And you have to give it a, a couple of seconds to recharge before you can start firing them again. Ah, uh, the blue ball so, syndrome. <laughs> so that, that was an interesting um, thing that I discovered while I was playing. Now the game plays out across five stages. And if you defeat the stage five boss within one credit, then the true last boss is unlocked and you can fight it as well. Uh, the game includes a basic practice mode. So any stage which you have reached, uh, you can practice. Once you've reached the true last boss, then instead of just practicing stage five, you'll get a combined stage five plus TLB practice option. 
Destroying enemies and ground targets will release metals. Collecting these is key to scoring, of course, but it also increases your item rank, which is a, a major mechanic within the game. And then it fills your bomb meter, shown at the bottom of the screen. And you can collect the metals manually by running into them, but then you can also auto-collect them, sort of vacuum vacuum them up into your, into your ship by letting go of the fire button and allowing the metals to kind of get sucked in. Uh, one thing that I confirmed via the wiki is the metals can only be vacuumed twice. The first time they'll provide you with score, item rank increase, and bomb meter increase. If the metals aren't vacuumed up completely the first time and you resume firing, the metals get darker as kind of a warning. And then if you do that a second time, the metals lose all point values and they turn a red color and they'll no longer auto collect. So then it's a matter of going and um, grabbing those manually. Uh, if you are at the bottom of the screen, even when you're vacuuming up the metals, some may still drop off. So it's always a good idea to not be at the bottom of the screen when you let up on the fire button. Uh, you start the game with a single bomb in stock. And one of the interesting mechanics with the game is that you can only carry one bomb at a time. When you bomb, uh, enemies and bullets that are destroyed are converted to metals for score. And these metals from enemies will help refill your bomb meter, uh, but, the, but the metals that you get from bullets won't. The more, metal you, more metals you collect, the higher your item rank goes. Uh, you start out at rank F, and you can go all the way up to rank A. And one of the mechanics, of course, is the higher that your item rank is, the faster your bomb meter refills, and so, of course, the game encourages you to reach a high item rank so you can build meter faster and then bomb more because you'll you'll be able to earn those bombs faster. Uh, if you have a bomb in stock and you take a hit, you will lose your bomb meter. You won't die, but it does count as a miss in the game. Uh, as if you had lost a life. And your item rank will also drop to G when this occurs. So it's somewhat punishing. Uh, your item rank will decrease as soon as a single medal is dropped off screen. And then as more medals drop or fall off the screen uncollected, item rank drops even further. In the Steam version, there is a warning sound effect that will play to let you know that medals are in danger of being lost. Uh, there are several hidden ground metals throughout each stage, which can be revealed by shooting at them for a brief period. They can only be used during your primary shot, however. Uh, bosses have destructible parts uh, that you can time the explosions of in order to get bullet cancels. So that way you can collect more metals during the boss fights uh, and also sometimes time that to cancel nasty patterns. And then when you destroy a boss, if there are bullets on the screen, 
whatever the last pattern is that the boss is putting out when you destroy it, those bullets will all be canceled and converted into these cross or X-shaped metals for additional score. Now in the, uh, and those will refill your bomb meter as well. Now in the, in the free version, you have to get those manually. And so it's a matter of, sometimes it's a matter of strategizing to try and pick a specific bullet pattern where they're more bunched up or wait until the bullet pattern converges somewhat so that you can get more metals at one time. Uh, but in the Steam version, they have been, uh, that's been changed so that whatever the pattern is, when the cross metals appear, they just get auto-collected like all the other metals. Uh, there are also uh, two hidden extends in the game that you can uh, that you can find uh, in stage three, the third uh, bunker along the ground. Once you destroy it, it will release a bunch of these small enemy drones. And if you take out all the enemy drones, then it will reveal uh, the extend icon, which is this little flag with an E next to it. And then in stage five, there's a section with uh, a bunch of, of ground turrets and various enemies. The bottom right turret needs to be destroyed along with the um, railing that is kind of right around that spot. And once you do that, that will reveal the hidden extend and you can grab it there. And there are score-based extends in the game as well. Your, your first one happens at 100 million points, and then every subsequent 200 million points after that. So you get one at 100 million, and then 300 million, and then 500 million, and so on. All right, so uh, let's have a little discussion here. Which ship did you, did you try all the ships and then pick a favorite, or what was your approach to the game? I did try all the ships. Um, I am type E for life. <laughs> um, the the type E ship definitely is the most powerful, I think, generally speaking. Uh, there's a case to be made for the napalm ship, particularly in the Steam version, I think. And the fire ship, if done properly, can also be very powerful, but I think the routing has to be a lot more specific to make that one more viable. Um, same thing with the wide shot. The wide shot ship is a little bit less powerful, but because of its coverage and because of how much additional damage output you get in focus, there's a lot you can do with that. Also, even though it's a very slow ship, the Type F, because of its bullet canceling ability and its general power level, um, is definitely not to be underestimated. Yeah, I think those are all uh, excellent observations. The fire ship, I saw somebody do a 1 billion score clear, and I was pretty impressed by that. You don't get quite have the punch that the Type E does, but still, the, you get a lot, a lot more coverage, a lot more ways of milking. I am with you, Type E for life. And this is a ship that ended up causing me trouble because it is so fast and, and does so much damage. When I went back to Gunvane, played through, I felt like I was going from a Ferrari to a Yugo. It definitely 
uh, slow me down and trip me up. But th that ship can just destroy bosses so quick. Yeah. I mean, and and half the time I didn't even have time to milk them, they were already dead. <laughs> it's you know, almost, almost like that uh, you know, Fist of the North Star meme. You are already dead. Huh. <laughs> right. Yep. And and then the 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 bowling ball ship or blue balls or whatever you want to call it. It uh, it does have some neat things. It can be a pretty cool ship. It, it just doesn't have the steam power. I I am definitely would stick with the Type E. Although on stage five, Type E can be a little pain in the butt. Where the bowling ball ship or Type F certainly can just blow those missiles or really anything out of the sky. And so like you coming. You coming at me with this, and the cure having bowling ball thrown at you. See if you touch this. Yeah, the fact that the that the balls can repel enemy bullets and lasers and those missiles in stage five make it somewhat advantageous for that stage, um, for sure. And there's another thing I want to talk about with this game that is is a little bit touched upon, but. For the most part, within an STG, the bosses stay at the top of the screen, and then they move left or right, right? You, you get some stuff that charges at you, a la Gradius, right? With the, some of the big core variants and stuff like that. But for the most part, you have stuff that goes to the left or the right, stays at the top of the screen, and then will shoot different bullet pads, and it's going down. Not the case in this game. And the bosses are like... Hey, let me show you some fancy action now and we'll just start spinning around you moving in all sorts of different directions it's almost like somebody decided to go hey we like F-Zero, I like mode 7 put that in the game <laughs> the game will start zooming in around the enemies, will, the boss will start twisting around, they're firing different patterns it's pretty neat and inventive to see the only problem I have with the game when it comes to bosses has to be that stage three boss where the it fires those bullet patterns that start out in the stay stationary then they start coming towards you oh, as yeah. far as i can tell those are rng and i i think that they had asked the guy who got the one billion score one of the world record holds on the game and he said just said may luck be with you <laughs> so you know it just if, if it's going to play the 1942 card then uh I guess that's how it is, but it was it was definitely refreshing to see stuff that was more dynamic when it came to the bosses. Right now, the first mm -hmm. the first pattern on the stage three boss is RNG, the the position of the bullets as they are laid out on screen and then they start their movement. That's RNG, but the other patterns in the game are are static. Or the other patterns on that boss are static. Yeah, but it's, it's still definitely... Um, we'll catch you for a loop first couple times trying... Even playing even play after a month, it's still got to me sometimes. Yep. The, the other one I want to draw out is... I really like Stage 4. Stage 4 seems very well laid out. Even if it does have a bit of a ripoff of a boss there with the black art. Oh, absolutely. It's totally bootleg Blackheart, and I was calling it that all month while I was playing. BB. Yeah, and, and stage five, 
So it feels like they're just throwing everything in, in, in there. And there was a portion in stage five where turrets just automatically respawn. It's like, let's just see how quickly you can get up your score. They don't really ever seem like they were shooting anything, but they just keep constantly keep going up. And it just fills the screen. <clears throat> yep. And, and it, was, it was crazy. And then the, the stage five boss, I think that's the one that has the containers in front of it, right? The stuff that you have to destroy. Yes. And, yeah. That was definitely new in a different way of something that you don't normally, you don't see extra threats on there, right? You normally see, like, here, here's a little bit of popcorn that comes raining down maybe with a boss, and that's about it. You don't see having to maneuver through the terrain as you're going to defeat the boss. Yeah, I, I really think there's probably some Radiant Silver Gun and Ikaruga inspiration with that fight. Fair enough, yeah. I think that we need to cover both those now that you mention it, but yes. <laughs> the Aside from that, though, the, the Stage 1 boss, the Stage 2 boss, for the mo most part, are absolute pushovers. And the fact that you can just get so right on top of them until they start firing and just totally decimate them um, makes the first two stages a little bit of breezes. Although I have to say, near the end of stage two, it can get a little bit dicey, but they do throw a lot at you. Right. Yeah, they do. <laughs> the other part of the game that I like to think is sort of interesting is a lot of these enemies feel like they came out of Galaga, right? There's a lot of galactic dancing. Where you'll see little yeah. loops and stuff that come through, and through, and it happens fast. It's not yep. so much that the bullets are fast; it's that the enemy movements are fast. It's this game has a lot in for those of you who haven't played this yet. This game has a lot in common with Super X Y X. It's a manic shooter. It's not quite a Damaku, and it's not quite a standard SGG. So the enemy movements can be fast. The bull. You can get, for the most part, you can be right on top of enemy and you won't die. So you're going to be finding yourself just taking out wave after wave of, of enemies that come in the screen in usually loop patterns. <clears throat> and as you destroy them, and then you pause for a second to let, collect them out, and you destroy them, and you pause. It, it, it's very fast paced. And again, it reminds me a lot of Super XYX, or should I say Super XYX, probably took some inspiration from this because this is earlier I think that he would have played it but it, it's it has a very nice rhythm to the gameplay you know, A to B, A to B here's some popcorn, here's some popcorn oh look here's a um, a very raidenous um, extra point metal that's hidden here when you shoot enough or he, here's a bunch of just tanks lying on the ground that you guys shoot all up Battle Garega to get extra points. Right. What did you think about the flow? One of the things that I didn't realize right away with the game when I started playing was this idea that you need to fire and then stop firing. Fire and then stop firing so that you can auto-collect medals and raise your item rank. Um... Because I didn't realize when you first start that you only have one bomb and you have to earn your subsequent bombs by getting medals. Um, 
So I was a little bit thrown initially and thinking, holy cow, this game is hard. How am I going to do this? But I was intrigued by the kind of different way that the game was set up. And so I persisted. Well, then a shout out to Desmaku, who came into my stream and was explaining to me how the scoring worked. Once I got a feel for that and the light bulb went on in that regard, then I really got addicted to the game and um, started to find a flow and understand the, the sort of cadence that the game wants you to, um, to achieve by taking out enemies, building your item rank, collecting metals and then getting your bombs so that you can um, so that you can bomb enemy groupings and um, use that not only defensively but also for scoring and so I feel like it's fairly synergistic in that sense where the level design and layouts are are clever enough that they're set up in a way where there are certain spots that Zakichi probably intends you to bomb because A, there's a lot going on and there's a lot that you're going to be able to score from, but then also because there's a lot going on, there's a much higher likelihood that you are going to die. So bombing here is also a good strategy to make sure that you can survive and um, not lose a life. Yeah, it's very well balanced to a point where not under my desk were anything that I felt at fault for. Well, I should say that I felt the game was at fault for. It was, and the loop itself was very enjoyable and finding out and trying out new things, which is incredibly surprising because this game is just different parts that they had access to put together. Yep. It's amazing that this <laughs> this works as well as it it does, and. As we get a little bit further in here, I, I think that the the Steam port, at least in some ways, is a step back from the free version. But we'll, we'll, yeah, get, we'll get to that later. That's interesting that you say that. Yeah. <laughs> the other part, I mean, the, the gameplay itself, if you're not playing for score, it's going to be pretty easy clear. Especially once you unlock the gray ship or the Type E, it's quite too. But if you're going for that scoring run, you're you're going to definitely have to learn the rhythm of the game, the bombing, where the enemy placements are. It's certainly by then a much more involved game, and and the Type E ship is definitely not good for. <laughs> I should say not, I'd say not good, but isn't the best suited to scoring because you just wipe out stuff so fast yeah and you know that's an interesting perspective <clears throat> because I I wouldn't think of 
I guess I wouldn't think of it as an easy clear, but you might be right. Once I learned about the scoring and I, and I got kind of sucked into that idea, that's, that was what I was focusing on. Um, I, I did want to try and achieve the clear, but I mean, when I, when I reached the, the TLB, I thought, ah, oh, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. Um, but I, I still was pushing myself to get better and to learn as much as I could <clears throat> and to continue to optimize from a score perspective. And so that, that was a lot of it. And, and I think that helped to make my clear all the more satisfying because I learned some of the score um, tricks and really got into that rhythm and was able to put up a high scoring run while also clearing the game. And so I felt like I, I really accomplished something with that. Yeah, I, I should clarify and say that the scoring is where the challenge of the game is. The getting the especially with type E, getting a clear, is is pretty easy compared to a lot of the other games that we've been playing. Now the uh, getting a TLB clear and stuff like that—that's a little bit harder. But most people, at least after them playing for a couple of days, maybe a week, should be able to get to stage four at least without too much trouble, assuming they don't get terrible RNG, but. It's not overly difficult to start making pretty good progress with the game, as long as you're playing for survival. Sure. If you start playing for score, then then you're dealing with harder stuff. So, GG for your clear. Thank you. Is there anything else that we want to talk about with the gameplay, or...? No, I mean, I think we can uh, maybe embellish a little later uh, okay. once we've, you know, shared more. All right, so let's move on to the graphics. The graphics in the game have uh, somewhat of a PlayStation or Saturn here, a 2D look for them. Uh, yeah, especially when you start dealing with the scaling and stuff, it does look like something that, that could have been done within maybe mid to, mid to late 90s game that could have come out. Or a port of the arcade game. It really, in some ways, reminds me of uh, the original Raiden. Sure. So that, you know, 95, 96 era. Uh, Bowl of Visibility is good, with most everything being a bright purple, which is very helpful because there is a lot going on the screen. <laughs> oh, yes. Always a lot of explosions. <laughs> A lot of things going on. Each stage is visually distinct, with each area being in a different location. <clears throat> Unique background and background elements helping to differentiate them. There are large canisters in the ground in stage one that can be destroyed from metals, or trees and bushes in stage three that can also be destroyed from metals. Yeah, I didn't f find that anything was overlapping or <clears throat> tropey or just plain out. I was like, everything was 
well-defined and easy to understand for what it was. There was no pink bullets with pink backgrounds or anything like that. Right. Uh, the look of the game is a little bit unpolished, revealing its roots as a Dojin title. But overall, it still looks nice, if somewhat nondescript in places. And the another thing on this is that they, they had to work with the assets that they had. None, of, From my understanding, none of this stuff was created by them. They pulled it in and did the best that they could with what they had. And I, I know that may sound like I'm not giving them enough credit, and, and they definitely deserve credit. It's... It, it, I guess is what Sir saying. Like, if you look at the game intently enough, you can see a little bit about how where it was put together. You can see a little bit of the seams. Right. Enemy design suits the game, though some stages are much copied from inspired by other STG, such as the stage four boss, the uh, black black core bootleg, or. There was another one with, was it stage three or was it stage two, where we had a, uh, a flying shark <laughs> ripoff where they make an arrow before it lifts off. Oh, well, that's the, before the stage one boss, yeah, there's a little bit of that's an homage one, to yeah. flying, the flying, or a fire shark with the little people on the ground make an arrow. Yep. And then you have the, uh, the bulldozers and stuff that are at the very beginning of stage one that is very Goriga like right and, and I guess you could say some of the um, some of the enemies as well sort of look very regular schmuffy fare especially the uh, the ones that shoot the homing lasers at you though I think right. I've seen the variation of those in every schmup they they look like the similar to uh, oh what's it the stealth bomber? It's not the SR seventy one. Oh the you know which one I'm talking about right? I think so. Yeah, the one that looks like a triangle, but the, the uh, like those, a B two. It be uh, it could be a B two. Uh, this is where we need to, we need a trim. A trim would be able to sort this on instant, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the. Yeah, it, it just again felt like this pretty. Uh, that where the heck was I going with? It? But it, it, a lot of this feels definitely inspired and maybe even closer to being lifted, but not enough for copyright infringement. Mm, sure. There, there is no robot cop or Robert cop <laughs> in this one. <laughs> <laughs> It's not it's not that quite uh, copyright infringement, but it's darn close. Right. Sound effects are solid enough, though generally typically Dojin fair. Nothing particularly noteworthy. But he, the the problem I have to say with this is noteworthy is the explosions in the earlier versions. The explosions were very underwhelming. They didn't really fit very well. <laughs> the biggest difference I noticed between the Steam version and the version 2.0 and 2.4 is that things got louder. In some cases, that's good. In some cases, that's bad. Now, when we're talking sound effects, that's much better. Because the sound effects were really just sort of underdeveloped. They didn't have that punchiness. And by making them more prominent, 
it certainly did did itself a favor there. So the Steam version wins there. The other part that I noticed more was the warning. The warning in places, you know how usually flashes are in Gizzo Odemi is excellent. I think they just recorded an alarm clock. It, it huh. just, it just, it, it's got, it got that, you know, that real like Death, Death Star type alarm sound. This is different. It gives you very crunchy as the letters go across the screen. And I really like that. <laughs> now, how the soundtrack, the royalty free music was different genres in different ways and the original one it works it's very different but it comes together and works and it feels like you could get that out of an arcade game from the from the 95 96 era the steam version it, it, fe- it almost feels like they swapped out a like a for those who are familiar, like Sonic the Hedgehog and the Sega CD, the Japanese soundtrack was very different from the U.S. soundtrack. And they did a lot where things all of a sudden went from uh, orchestral or something, then all of a sudden it just became blaring guitars. And that's the way it feels to me with the soundtrack in the Steam version. <laughs> it was commissioned, it's high energy, heavy metal all the time, every time. It's constantly going. And to me, at least, it reminds me of those ads that they used to run where they go, Sunday, 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 this day only, Bigfoot the Car Crusher will be coming. Get your tickets now. I mean, it's just the over the top, in your face constantly. Just by the time I made it to stage five, I was ready to turn it down because it was. And the other portion of the Steam version, I mean, higher energy is not. And all of the gameplay is higher energy. Yes, it's fast-paced, but there are periods of downtime or periods where it just doesn't fit well. And the original soundtrack, at least in my opinion, does a better job at maintaining the tempo of the game. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is this is one of those things where I'm I'm conflicted because. I like the original soundtrack, the royalty-free music that was in the the itch version. And I don't dislike the music in the Steam version, but I think it's a case where it just doesn't necessarily fit, I think, as well as what the original soundtrack did. Uh, You know, I'm a big heavy metal guy, so the music itself, I enjoy. It's, but I guess it's fitting that I'm wearing my Stonehenge t-shirt right now because the soundtrack to the Steam version, it just goes to 11 and it stays there. And that's okay, but I feel like the game, because the game has such a, such a flow to it where there's, and maybe ebb and flow is the way to put it. There's, there's a lot going on in the game and there's constantly action going on, but there are short little breaks and little spots where you're not going to be bombarded with quite as many enemies or bullets. And so you always have a couple of seconds to catch your breath um, and sort of set up for what the next wave is or what have you. And I feel like the music in 
the original free versions was a better complement to that, plus also was better suited for the atmosphere of each of the stages versus the updated soundtrack, which is just all uh, in your face all the time. So, like I said, I don't dislike the music in the Steam version. I just don't think it fits as well as the as what was used on the original versions. Yeah, I would have to say that I don't dislike it either, but after five stages of listening to it at 11, I was I had had enough. I think that the best thing to do in this case would probably be to allow you to switch between the soundtracks. I, right. I think that, I, that should be pretty easy to do. But Unfortunately, I did not see that option within the Steam version. No, I did not. I, I think the, the options out there are practice, uh, shake or no shake, and zoom or no zoom. Yeah, I, and I definitely turned off the both of those, the shake and zoom options um, in the Steam version because there's already more graphical wizardry going on in the Steam version to make it more flashy. The screen shake and all the blur and all that stuff, I don't like it. So I, I turn that off because I find it harder to read things than when there's all that extra extra stuff going on. The, the other thing I'll have to say I did like with the Steam version is instead of having a separate executable for your key config, they just sort of integrated that into the main menu. So, kudos Yeah, that, that was nice. Although, for some reason, the mapping on my arcade stick, I could never get the start button to work right to pause the game. So if I wanted to pause while playing the Steam version, I ended up having to hit tab on the keyboard, which is the default pause key for the for keyboard controls. That's terrible. It made you open the tab. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you are not as offended by the soundtrack as I am, but I shouldn't say offended. You are not as irritated by the soundtrack as I am. I, yeah, I can do. I like heavy metal, definitely not as much as you, but I do like it. You know, I just couldn't, after being at 11 for playing the game over and over, I just, I just had enough. I should have turned it down some more, put the sound effects up at that point, but. And I probably would have even cared had I not played the original game with the original soundtrack. But sure. be, but because it exists, I think it would be good to put it as an option so that way play that so that way people get the best of both worlds. That being said, yeah. the prices on these, I think what the Steam version is three dollars and eighty five cents or something like that. You know, for for that I, I can put up with some soundtrack shenanigans. Sure. And ultimately, I think the free version is still available. So if you play the Steam version and you find that you don't like the soundtrack, go grab the free version and see if it if it works for you better. All right, let's uh, let's move on to talk scoring here for a little bit, um, because the scoring, like I said, is is something that kind of worked for me. Um, so one, one 
easy way to score, like most shmups, is collecting your power-ups. And once you reach max power, then those start at 10,000 points, and then they'll increase by 10,000 points in value for each subsequent power-up pickup until death, at which point your power level decreases by one and the point value resets. So because you power up to level four, I think by the time you you get into stage two and you get to the first carrier, first or second carrier in stage two, you reach max power. So if you can no miss then for a while after that, then subsequent uh, power up items will will be worth a good bit more points. Your metal values are dependent upon the number of metals you, you collect uh, throughout the stage because that is what increases your item rank and your count value. So the at, at rank G, item rank G, every metal is worth 10 points. Once you go up to rank F, uh, they're worth 50 points and then 100 points at rank E, 500 points at rank D, 1,000 points at rank C, 5,000 at B rank, and then 10,000 at A rank. So you can, you can see very clearly that the game is pushing you to score and to get to that A rank because then then every medal that you earn is going to be worth a lot more points. <clears throat> uh, similarly, with the ground medals <clears throat> that uh, that you can reveal, the the point total for those is based on uh, your current item count, your current medal count and then times a specific value. So at G rank, it's your ground, your your metal count times 100, and then it goes up to 110, uh, 120, 130, 140, and 150. And then at A rank, it's 200. So it, it takes a quite a leap at uh, rank A. Also, uh, when you're collecting A rank medals, they add plus two to your count instead of just plus one. So another another reason that is advantageous to reach and stay at A rank. Uh, once you're at A rank, you also earn score automatically, constantly. Even if you're not destroying anything, shooting targets or enemies, you just constantly earning points. The bomb medals that you get from bombing enemies and bullets will yield five times their normal point value based on your current rank and count. They also increase your count by a factor of five for each bomb metal collected. So you can see how quickly, once you reach A rank, if you're able to do that and then bomb strategically at the right times, you can you can run that counter up pretty high. The cross medals that you get by uh, bullet canceling at the end of a boss fight are worth 10 times the current item rank medal value. And the item rank uh, or the item rank and your count 
um, or I shouldn't say the iron rank, your count locks in at the end of the stage and it does not increase any further during the boss fight. The, the boss has its own counter that it calculates during, during the boss fights. When you no-miss a stage, you earn a million points for your first no-miss, and then each additional stage that you can no-miss subsequently will earn you an additional one million. So, if you no-miss stage one, it's a million. If you no-miss stage two, it's two million. Then if you also no-miss stage three, then you'll earn three million um, at, that, at that point. So it just keeps going up. Uh, there is a 10 million point bonus for beating the game with no continues. And then you receive a 500,000 point bonus for each of each unused credit in stock at the end of the game. And I want to say in the free version, it's six credits is what the game allots you. And in the Steam version, if I'm not mistaken, it's either 9 or 10. Uh, and then you also get a 50,000 point bonus for every life that you have in stock once you um, beat the final boss. And if you happen to do the game in one credit, then you get an additional two times multiplier for that. So lots of ways to earn score and uh, maximize your, your point values. Alright, let's move on to impressions of the game here. Our first impression comes from Prony Trigon. Is this made by the same dude who made Xevious a carpet bombing bullet hell? Yep, Zakichi, yes it is. Definitely gonna give it a whirl. Maybe throw, throw some coins in his tip jar if he has one. Yeah, I'm after playing this game, I definitely want to try some of the other games he made. Yeah, for sure. A very egg said, oh, this one is really good. Very fast action. And then later on, um, posted and said, finally figured out the item rank mechanic and scoring rhythm. Went from a pretty low score on a clear to, by comparison, huge score with only the first three stages and no miss, then dying at stage four. The black ship is absurdly OP. So much damage. But then again, all of them are really good and viable. They're also fast too, except maybe the fire ship, but it trades in for immense screen coverage. I also noticed that bombing is actually rewarded, so I'll start planning out when to use them. Bandaloo says, gonna give this a proper attempt in August? Well, I hope you had a good time with the game. Indeed. Uh, a roguish ham said, uh, in general, it bothers me when a game gives you tools and says, now don't use these. But this sounds more like it's a reward for using them tactically, which is interesting. I downloaded it. My August is packed to the brim with stuff, so who knows if I'll have time, but I do want to see how this plays. And yeah, as we've discussed, the game definitely rewards you for using those bombs and um, making the most of them. Indeed. Corkman77 says, Alright, I'm joining in on the fun now. I lost a couple of weeks in the beginning of the month, but I'll play for score since I know this game is all about the scoring mechanics. I'm not sure what my favorite ship is yet, but I'm kind of liking the black ship that spews smoke. It's really powerful. 
It's a tad too fast, however. The yellow homing ship doesn't seem too bad either. I got a long way to go until I reach guru level, but I did break 100 million. I understand what to do now. Now it's just about optimizing and doing better on stage 4. I'm getting a little better and scoring a little further. I got to learn that section of the lasers in stage 4. Well, here are my thoughts for the month. I was only able to play for the last two weeks of the month, but I did general hang of all of the scoring mechanics of the game, and I had a lot of fun during that time. As I started playing and watching Guru streams, I learned that this is more of a scoring game, so I decided to focus on that. I don't think I played a game with score mechanics quite like this. Maybe Raiden Fighters had something similar a bit, but I like how this game has visual feedback to where you are in metal rank and what the penalty for losing a medal was. Speaking of losing metal rank, this game really does force you to learn how not to hold the fire button all the time. That's a really hard habit to break. So many times you're just firing bullets around and you clip an enemy on the bottom third of the screen and forget to let go of the fire button. I don't know how many times I did that. Too many. Anyway, this is a great free game and it would be great $30 as well. Go download this now. Yeah. And uh, I want to shout out one more quarter who did not, uh, was not able to join us for August, but picked up the game, uh, I think, at the end or or into September um, once it hit Steam and uh, really enjoyed it and uh, was able to get a clear. So let's uh, let's look at the high scores here. Um, I've got three that I noted. My highest uh, was actually with the Type F ship, the ball ship, and it was not a clear, but it was uh, on the the itch.io version. It was 392,300,240 points, and then my clear with Type E was 352,000. 300 or 352,389,790 points. And then Corkman's highest uh, score that he submitted was 148,984,940 points. And one thing I'll note is the scoring in the Steam version feels a bit more like the scoring in the 2.0 version. Uh, the scoring is nerfed in 2.4, so I think the Steam version, there's a little bit more um, latitude with scoring, and you definitely earn more score in, in that version than you do in the sort of final free release version. So keep that in mind when you're playing that, <clears throat> that those two versions are not one-to-one -one for scoring. That is true. Yeah, the Steam version definitely felt uh, that the scoring was easier. Yeah. All right, so let's hear your final thoughts on this game. Um, I, like I said, I got quite addicted to this game and I put a good amount of time into it. I really dove in and I feel like I 
like I got out of it what I put in and I got out of it what I wanted to. I I wanted to once I learned the scoring, I wanted to improve in that and I wanted to do better. Um, one of my goals was to hit the 300 mil to get that second extend. And I did that and more. And, you know, I was, I was constantly pushing myself. One of the things that you learn when playing cave games and some of these other shooters is a lot of time stage one is not important for scoring because the amount of score you can achieve in stage one is fairly paltry compared to what you can do by the time you hit stage three, four, five. But I was pushing myself to get a higher score in stage one because number one, that's a benchmark. And number two, it's a way for me to gauge my overall understanding of the scoring system. And so uh, during the month when I was playing the free version, I was constantly pushing myself to try and see if I could hit that 60 million mark on stage one. Um, now, of course, in the Steam version, since the scoring has been reworked, uh, you can go higher than that. And I think you can almost hit 80 million in stage one, maybe even higher if you if you really optimize it. But at least with type E, uh, you know, that's how I was doing it. And yeah, I just I just got really into this game and I was I knew this was going to be good because I had messed around with a couple of Zekichi's other games, but I was not prepared for how much this game would draw me in and how um, much fun I would have with just learning and routing and and getting used to the mechanics and um, and just really engaging with the game's scoring system was going to be. So I was pleasantly surprised with how much I liked this game and with with how much it encouraged me to keep playing it. I think the Steam version is a case of two steps forward, two steps back. There are some quality of life improvements in the Steam version. There are some tweaks that I think are good, such as auto collecting the cross metals with the end of a boss fight and um, a little bit of the rebalancing. There's a couple things in in stage five that I'm less thrilled with. And um, definitely I'm not as hot on the soundtrack in the Steam version. But overall, Regardless of my own nitpicks, I think either version is going to be worth your time and either version is going to be a game that you could you could easily get drawn into like I did and really get hooked by the scoring system. And uh, 
ultimately, to me, that's that's the mark of a of a really good game, a really good shmup in particular, not just one that's fun to play and has cool stuff going on, but one that that really gives you that one more try kind of one that just encourages you to to give it one more try and to and to go back to it again. So I I really enjoyed this game. What about you? I have to say I I knew knew that this was gonna be good, but I thought it would be more like average. It really surprised me with how well everything came together. And I mentioned earlier, it's even more surprising that everything was free free asset thrown together. So kudos to them for making a really good game. The Steam version does have some, as you mentioned, two steps forward, two steps back. It does do some things better, and it does do some things worse. That being said, if your choices are between $0 and $4, it's not that bad. Right? You should probably look at maybe getting both so that we can help uh, get some of these other stuff ported to there and, and maybe he'll add a, a section so you can get the original soundtrack. <laughs> I do like the Steam version for the crunchier and better sound effects. Of course, the music is, is a drawback in that stage. That said, having all the ships unlocked and a little bit better UI and navigation does help the experience but if you want to try it first before you buy it you can always get the free version i only stay this once because i don't want to accidentally summon him but i think that the words hidden gem would definitely apply to this game it's not not a cave game or something that people are going to go over and over again but if you're looking for something fun that's a dojin this is definitely one i would recommend absolutely yeah, the di- different ship types, the ability, as you mentioned, that one more play I can do this through. And it's not long enough. It's just right difficulty, right? It's not long enough that it's going to drag on, but it's not short enough. You feel like it's it's over. It does tend to be a little bit on the easier side if you're going for just a regular uh, survival clear. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. Not every game needs to be Dark Souls. <laughs> right, not a, or Gradius three in this case. Not every game needs to be punishing, and each game has its own different mechanics and the ways that it works. So it's definitely refreshing when when we come across these games that we don't necessarily have a lot of expectations for good or bad, and, and find something that surpasses them. hopefully that we see a sequel to this or maybe uh, I I guess the the key word these days is spiritual successor right we can't ever make a direct sequel these days it's a spiritual successor so hopefully we see a spiritual successor soon yeah I, I know that Zakichi tends to lean into the into the idea of taking a retro a retro shooter homage or pastiche and then making it kind of crazy like with tiny zevivos taking the idea of zevius and just making it bananas or um or uh vast which is sort of 
Thunder Force on steroids with hard type bosses and all kinds of other shenanigans in there. Uh, but with this being a bit more of an original, a bit more of an original idea, with the exception, of course, of the stack stock assets and homage bosses and and so forth. I think if this could be fleshed out even further into a wholly original game with a similar concept, I could see it really catching on. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, what's up next? Well, what's up next is whatever is October, right? Sounds good. No, uh, so we are currently playing through Terraflame, which is giving me headaches as I play through that flame stage. The backgrounds are scrolling a little too fast for me there. <laughs> but oh. but uh, other than that, I am definitely enjoying the game. It, again, a game that's maybe at least as long as you don't play for score and just play for survival on the easier side, but still definitely a fun game. We'll talk about it in a couple weeks here. And then October, I thought we were playing uh, Cotton Rebirth. Was I wrong on that? Oh, yes, I'm sorry. I, I wrote that down wrong. Yeah. Cotton Reboot. What is Cotton Boomer? Is that the, uh, that's the Saturn one, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's not yeah. make people play the, uh, <laughs> the Saturn version there. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, Octo- October's game will be cut and reboot. Yeah. Yeah. So in October, we are breaking out the cotton candy with cotton reboot. This game has been out for what? And been on sale for quite a while now. So it should be pretty easy to secure a copy, physical or digital. I think it, it went on sale. It was like $13, $15, something like that. So. Something like that. Yeah. I, I think that we'll probably have to break it up into the Sharp X68K in the uh, arcade mode. But it's widely available on, on modern, no, what, what, last-gen systems? Sure. Well, uh, well, well, the PS4 and Switch, I should say. I don't think it's out on Xbox. Yeah, that's a good good question. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, for October we'll be playing Kite Reboot. As we mentioned, we'll probably be switching things up into scores for the Sharp X68K and for the arcade mode for the game. I'm looking forward to playing more into this. I've only played it just a little bit. There, uh, I don't think we'll be covering the original at this point in time, the arcade one and the TurboGrafx-16. I don't think those will be included. We'll just stick to the reboot itself. But I am definitely looking forward to playing this. Yeah, me too. And then in the month of November, we're playing Jamestown again. I <laughs> knew. And then in the month of December, we're going to give everybody a great game to play. We're going to play Deep Blue together. You can host that episode by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the best of episode. That, that'll be a, that'll be a game that we probably only cover if we do a Kusoge uh, month. Oh my goodness! 
So, uh, let's move on to shoutouts. I'd like to thank you, Tram88, for the logo, as well as the wonderful podcast shirts. I'd like to thank Kogosu for the intro and outro music. Everyone from the pla- Press Playcast and Collector Cast. I'd like to thank MetalPro for always keeping things lively with streaming and the always present Parrot Dogs. And I'd like to thank DG Cycle M1 for uh, humoring me <laughs> with uh, everything they does to make the Pandemicade a much more awesome place to visit every week. <laughs> Especially when we feed bits to the chunk. Yeah. Uh, anything else that we need to uh, mention before we before we finish up? None that I can think of. All right. Well, with that, thank you all for listening, and we will catch you again next month. Thank you. <laughs>